Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Welcome our online community. You know, we've always had through the podcast and through BA chats, uh, a larger group outside than inside. And so we want to welcome all of you. Last night, I just felt led to invite some friends. I think I invited more people to church today than I ever have. It's easy to just shoot a a text and say I was thinking about you. And so I want to say hi to people who are here the first time, Brent, Jim, several others, their families. So welcome. And uh, for our online community, we're coming to join you today. You're not joining us. We're coming to your world, your house. So welcome. And I wanted to, before we get going, honor those that are on the front lines. You know, when we're in unique times, uh, there's some people that are more at risk than others. And, and our health community, I'm just so grateful for them that are going to a place of need and putting themselves at some level of risk. And so I know there's so many that are doctors and nurses in our Bethel family. And I want to say thank you to Mark, Mary, Melissa, to Kim, and to Tony, to Tamara, to, I'm probably going to forget some names, but um, Cassie I'm thinking about, and um, Aaron, Stephanie, Kim, if I didn't mention. I know there are others But I wanted to say thank you for all that you're doing. And we just pray grace and protection for you and our love. And if you need anything, our community is there. And we'll stand behind you. You know, it's a massive time of change for us. One of my sons, Joshua, was telling me that when he moved to, when he went off and and moved to Birmingham, England to help start a campus ministry there, that he, um, his leader, Natalie Collins, said, you know what you need to do is um, you're in a massive change. You're in a different place, a different culture. You're in a different schedule. And your world is in upheaval. One good thing about it is it's a time when you can put changes in your life. I can tell you it's not easy to change. And the older you get, it seems like it gets harder. But this is a great time to institute some change in our life and good things. So I have one of my sons say, you know, I've been reading the Bible every day for X number of minutes, but I want to increase it. I want to improve it. And so whether it's that or it's just showing up in the morning, it's a time to show up. As Jordan Peterson says, get out of bed, show up, make your bed, clean your room. Uh, I don't see any of my buddies all nappy-haired and showing up looking homeless and looking like they've OD'd on Netflix four weeks from now. So we're going to bring our A game and our best game. And so, but it might be something where uh, you're reading a classic, where you're reinstituting family time, or we turn off the tube and and have an hour together at dinner. I've got some software things in my work that I need to tackle and technology I need to learn. I'm going to do it in this season. Some of you, maybe your finances, you're, you're going to pull it onto YNAB or you're going to put it onto Mint. There's changes in the air. It's easy to change now. 
and we're going to do that. It's a time of massive change. Chris Vallotton was talking about it's a time of divine reset where we take our spiritual life and we're saying it's time right now that we bring our A game, we bring our best selves, we come prayed up, we come, we come read up in the word of God, we come worshipped up and we bring our best. I just have this sense like this is a time and a season to be our best. And it's a time of divine reset. If there's any of us that need to just check in our spirit, it's that time. I call it gazing upon the Lord and glancing at the other stuff. Mark Rutland talked about, he got, I got this from him, Mark Rutland said it's the true test of a false god or idol in your life is when in the quiet time, when you're just waking up and there's just this moment of half conscious, half unconscious, or you're driving down the road and you're kind of in a daze and you're on the highway and you're not having to think about much. Where, where does my mind go? And years ago, I just caught myself, every time it was going to business concerns or business worries or thinking about business. Mark Rutland says the test of a false god or a false idol is when your mind is consistently going to a place other than him when it's on idol. So Chris says it's a divine reset. I say, and, and I, in a response to that, I just created a theme that year. Like I, I was thinking too much about work. Just gaze upon the Lord and glance at my business. And I did it for a year and I kind of got rid of that false idol. But in these days, gaze upon the Lord and glance at that fear. Gaze upon the Lord and glance at the stock market. Gaze upon the Lord and gl glance at just any concern I have in my life. Jesus talked about it in Matthew 6.33. The entire part, first part of Matthew is what are you worried about? Are you worried about what you're eating? Are you worried about what you're drinking? He'd go after that. Why are you worried about that? Why are you worried about that? And at the end of that chapter in verse 33, the Son of God, God made flesh, God Emmanuel, God incarnate, had an answer to the question about worry. And he looked them in the eye and said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That was God's response to times of worry in times of need. So whether it's a divine reset, whether it's glance at the Lord, gaze upon the Lord and glance at this other stuff, or the ultimate authority, Jesus' response, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You know, we have a heritage spiritually of heroes whether it's in the Bible or even some of our revivalist heroes, but whether it was Moses who would stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with Pharaoh, who had all the power in the world, whether it was Esther, whether it was Joseph, whether it was a young boy named David who went running to the Goliaths of his day. I was reading that story this week, and Goliath would come out in the morning and in the evening twice a day for 40 days and taunt 
the, enemy, the armies of Israel. This little boy David, full of God, full of worship, prayed up, worshipped up, came into that environment. He said, who's this uncircumcised Philistine that would challenge the armies of the living God? And he took his five little stones and he ran at the Goliath of his day. We have heroes and we're a church of leaders. We're a church of heroes. We're a church who's rising up to the day and the challenge. I'm so proud to be a part of you. I miss you guys. I miss Sunday morning with uh, Mary coming and encouraging me and, and the, the ladies that come kiss me on the cheek, Miss Evelyn. I, I, I thank you, God. I'm missing standing on the front and watching our worship team and Donnie and Zaina and all the others and Cooksey and they're playing in front of us and with us and we're worshiping together. I miss that. Can you, can't wait already. I'm looking for an Easter miracle in this time. You plan for the tough times, but we keep an eye on the supernatural that this thing is over, this thing is done, that, the, that we get through it. But if we don't, we will find our strength. Someone said that character isn't formed in these tough times, it's revealed. And your great character is going to be revealed. We've got heroes and we've got a great nation, too. I've been so proud of our nation. I, uh, I was thinking about just the things as a nation for the people, by the people, and for the people. The freedom that we've had that's created, even economically, the greatest standard of living ever on planet Earth. And that freedom that brings such creativity. Creativity that has created vaccines for polio, that's created an airplane, a transistor, that's created atomic energy and atomic bombs, that's created so many things that are, HIV is going away, a man landing on the moon, the airplane, this kind of creativity that our nation rises to the challenge. I've been thinking about World War II when we as a nation we're fighting a war on two fronts. Everyone involved in that war. We were fighting against an evil. But something in us said good will triumph over evil. I think about World War II because my mother's English. My dad was an army officer who was stationed in England in the late 50s. They were married. I was born in near Oxford, England. And my grandfather died in World War II behind enemy lines in a special forces called Popsky's Private Army, stepped on a mine behind enemy lines. Our family paid a price in World War II. And I think about a man, in fact, uh, would, uh, Donnie, would you bring me that picture this is a prized possession of my mind. Thank you. And um, it's a picture of Winston Churchill. And I, I've got an affinity to Winston Churchill because of World War II, because of what uh, touched my family. You think about 
what happened at the end of World War II. We conquered our enemies. We conquered evil. And instead of going to those two nations and colonizing them, enslaving them, taking their natural resources, making them states of our nation, we invested in them. We poured money and rebuilt those nations. We gave them their freedom. And today, they're wonderful nations. They're allies. They're powerful. They're free. And they're our friends. That's a kingdom kind of people. That's a kind of people that takes its power and its virtue and it points it toward the good for the world. I'm so proud of our nation and I know we're going to come through this great. And I was talking about Winston. So um, in fifth grade, I'm, uh, we're in Taiwan. My dad is stationed in Taiwan. The Taiwanese people, Taiwan was where Chiang Kai-shek, Mao Zedong, and the communists expelled the free people, expelled the pastors and the teachers, expelled the business owners, expelled the government. They ended up in Taiwan. In the early 60s, I'm there with my dad, my mom. And uh, my dad says, I-, I want you to take some painting lessons. So I go, I hated it. I hate it. You know, my friends are out playing ball and going to the pool. And I got to go get oil painting lessons. And the man that uh, was giving me lessons painted this picture. So we've carried it around for the last... 50-something years, and it's been a prized possession. I love Winston Churchill. Uh, this, in fact, this man's name is down here. He, uh, after five lessons with uh, me in oil painting, he, he said, I know, uh, Colonel Hale, you're paying me very well, but we're not going to do this anymore. I can't do this. So I got, uh, my young career in art was... Uh, abruptly ended by this gentleman. And his name is S-H-A-Y-T-Y. No other way to say it but Mr. Shiti. So um, that's, I get the last laugh on Mr. Shiti. So anyway, check out. You can't make this stuff up. So the Winston Churchill, he would take his people in an entire nation. I want you to take, go back into the place where you imagine yourself like my young mom, in her, just three, four years old, and they're bombing London. And they know that a direct hit on their home will most likely kill them. And you can hear the whining of the siren songs. You can hear the anti-aircraft going. You can hear the people all huddled and the bombs as they whiz down and you pray doesn't hit your home or your neighbor's or your friend's home. Night after night, in the darkness of night, no light, the sirens, the fear. Can you feel it? And Winston would get on the radio and the people would gather around the radio, this crackly, poor quality radio, this pasty, old, grumpy, 
mumbling man. But he had the courage of his conviction and the love of his country and the belief that good would triumph over evil. And he would reach through that radio and he would pull the courage and the heartstrings and the best of his nation. He'd pull the best of them. He would tell them they'll get through this. And he would believe in them and courage and hope would rise. So we have the advantage as believers. We carry hope. Carry hope. It's the, it's the absolute belief that good is on its way. We carry peace because we own the Prince of Peace. He's in us. See, Jesus just wasn't carrying peace. He was peace. He was fully peace. He was the Prince of Peace. And when we have him, we have peace. Winston reached through that radio. And as, as, as the entire nation would lean in, sitting around the radio, holding for hope, holding for courage. He put a nation on his back and he carried them. You're that kind of people, Bethel Atlanta. We've always attracted leaders. So in your sphere, in your family, in your business, you're those kind of leaders. You just put people on your back and carry them. And Winston took an entire nation and put them on his back. And he said, this is our finest hour. He prophesied to a nation that this would be their finest hour. And as we look back, it's been true. You are the courageous ones. You're the ones that carry hope and peace and kindness. We're not going to let uh, those that are in need fall through the cracks. It's a day for true religion, widows and orphans. It's a day that we remember those. It's a day that we help those. It's a day that we find those. It's a day that our best self comes forward. It's the day that the Winston Churchills among us rise up. It's the day for Davids to run at the Goliath of our day. It's that kind of day and we're that kind of people. I couldn't be prouder to run with you. I want to end with a little page I found in my Bible this week that I hadn't noticed before. And at the very end, it's your personal invitation to follow Jesus. And if, if you're watching today, you've never given your life to the Lord, I want you to join me in this prayer. It's a great day to come to the Lord. And if you pray this prayer, the Spirit of God will meet you and reign with you. As a 17-year-old who never really went to church, never knew anything about this book, I heard someone say that if I would confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe with all my heart that God has raised him from the dead, I'd be saved. And I believe that man, and I believe that verse, Romans 10:9 in this Bible. And that rock has never shaken. That rock is real today. The rock is real for you. It's a great day to come to the rock. And join me in this prayer, if you would. Jesus, 
You're the light of the world. I want to follow you passionately and wholeheartedly. But my sins have separated me from you. Thank you for your love for me. Thank you for paying the price for my sins. And I trust your finished work on the cross for my rescue. I turn away from the thoughts and deeds that have separated me from you. Forgive me and awaken me to love you with my whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. I believe God raised you from the dead, and I want that new life to flow through me each day and for eternity. God, I give you my life. Now fill me with your spirit so that my life will honor you and I can fulfill your purpose for me. Amen. Amen. And if you um, prayed that prayer for the first time, you just contact us through BethelAtlanta.com or even the phone number there. Leave a message. We'll get back to you. And I'd personally like to get you one of these Passion Bibles, and we would love to commemorate today and remember you and get you started on your faith walk in the right direction. I love you, Bethel Atlanta. I miss you. I am already longing for the next Sunday when we get to worship open air. Love you much. Church isn't canceled. You are the church. Go be the church. Amen. Church isn't canceled. You are the church. Man, that's good. <laughs> All right, wherever you are, I know it's weird, but stand up. <laughs> just want to pray for you guys. Um, yeah, there was so much courage in that, in that message. And so uh, right now, I just want you to soak that in for a second. So just stand up where you are, put your hands out in front of you, and just say, Lord, I just receive courage right now. You know, Jesus, Jesus looked at his disciples. He looked them in the eye during the Sermon on the Mount, and he said, you are, a light, you are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. These, these are the times that, that the people of God are built for. We're built to be the courageous ones that shine, to, to be the church, to be, to be the, the example of Jesus on the earth. And so I just release that courage, and I, and I just break the lie off anyone that that courage is something that you have to force, that that's something that you have, to, you have to suppress feelings of fear, or you should feel guilty for feelings of fear. No, this, this courage is a gift. It's a gift that comes from God. And so just right now, wherever you're at, just receive that gift. We receive that gift of courage. We receive, even if, even if you're a naturally brave person, even if you're a naturally courageous person, we, the Lord has divine influence that he's ready to release upon your heart. So we just release that courage right now. And I just, I just release the a voice of God that will show us those places that we're meant to shine, to show us those people that we're meant to shine to. Oh, yeah, we'll just receive that in Jesus' name. Um, the one other thing that I, that I just felt today, uh, just, just two quick things, was I just felt an encouragement to everyone right now. I just, um, you know, there's, since with, with things like this that are so broad and, and broadly reaching, it can feel sometimes almost overwhelming of like, how do I pray? What do I pray for? Obviously, I can pray that the coronavirus goes away and things of that nature. But I just felt this, this simple um, invitation from the Lord to just pick an individual that you know that's either in some kind of distress and some kind of fear or, or is in some kind of need. Just pick an individual right now and just pray for that person. Just take a few minutes and just pray for that person and just release a, 
a specific pointed prayer towards that individual. And I just, I just felt there, was the, 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 there would be lots of testimonies that come out of those specific pointed prayers for individuals that the Lord puts on your heart. So we just, we just bless those people right now in Jesus' name. Um, the last thing I felt just today was, a, was just a word of knowledge of, I just felt like there were certain people who were really dealing with a specific kind of fear that, that you're, there's this feeling of fear of, and it's been this, this tormenting thought of, I'm afraid I'm going to get into some kind of accident during this, this thing and not be able to get help. That either I'm going to fall and hurt myself or one of my kids is going to hurt themselves and I'm not going to be, get, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to get help. I just felt like the Lord wanted to just remove that torment right now in Jesus' name, just erase that fear. And so if that's you, just put your hand on your head, and, and I would just say right now in Jesus' name, fear, go. We command fear to leave. We command the voice of torment to leave right now in Jesus' name. We just release peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, and if I could just add, I just felt a, a word of knowledge for people who have uh, terrors by night. And, and uh, we've seen so many people that either have in the night uh, feeling a demonic oppression or just terrors by night. And so we just stand against that. If that's one of you and, or any of you, Lord, we just say no to the terrors by night. Release grace and peace in the nighttime. We've seen so many delivered in this, and we say, in Jesus' name, we say no to that. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.